بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami who was the governor of Bahrain and how he formed an army and they crossed the Arabian Gulf into Persia in order to expand the Muslim lands in Persia. And we mentioned how this was done without consultation of Amir al-Muminin Umar ibn Khattab So when Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami and his army got into Persia, they got into trouble. They were surrounded on all sides by Persian soldiers. So when this news reached Umar ibn al-Khattab he sent support for Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami in order to get them out of that situation. Even though he was angry at Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami for doing this without his permission, of course he sent soldiers to go and get them out of that situation to save them. And alhamdulillah, that support went over and Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami and his soldiers were saved from the predicament that they were in. And then Umar removed Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami from his position as the governor of Bahrain and he ordered him to move to Kufa to stay under the command of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas. So that is basically what we discussed last week. And today we want to continue from that point. So around the same time that this was happening, some dangerous events were taking place in Al-Ahwaz. Al-Ahwaz is a city that is northeast of Basra. It's not far away from Basra. It is northeast of Basra. So some very important and dangerous events were taking place in Al-Ahwaz. Al-Hurmuzan, who was one of the generals of the Persian army at Qadisiyah, he had escaped after the Muslims defeated the Persians at Qadisiyah. Al-Hurmuzan, who was one of the major generals in that battle, after, after the Persian army was defeated, he was able to escape, and he escaped to Al-Ahwaz. And he was able to gain control of Al-Ahwaz and Khuzistan and some of the surrounding areas there. And it's not too far away from Basra. And Basra is under Muslim command. But this city, Al-Ahwaz, has been taken over by Al-Hurmuzan. So that poses a threat to the Muslims in Basra. So once Al-Hurmuzan had gathered enough forces in Al-Ahwaz, he started to attack the Muslims on the outskirt of Basra. He started to attack the Muslims around Basra. So now Utbah ibn Ghuzwan, عن, he was the governor of Basra, who Umar ibn al-Khattab appointed as the governor of Basra and the southern region of Iraq. Remember, he divided Iraq into a northern part and a southern part. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas was the governor of the northern part of Iraq and he was stationed in Kufa. And Utbah ibn Ghuzwan was the governor of the southern part and he was stationed in Basra. So now Al-Hurmuzan and his army, they start attacking the Muslims on the outskirts of Basra. So Utbah ibn Ghuzwan, the governor of Basra, he sent a message to Umar ibn al-Khattab in Medina, informing him of what is happening, informing him of this threat that Al-Hurmuzan and these Persians are 
causing for the Muslims. So Umar radiallahu an, after receiving this news from Utbah, he sent a message with an order to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas in Kufa, in the northern part of Iraq. And he ordered him to send forces to go to the south and to help Utbah in Basra against Al-Hurmuzan and his army in Ahwaz. So Sa'ad, he obeyed this command of Amir al-Mineen, of Umar ibn al-Khattab, and he sent an army under the command of Nu'aym ibn al-Muqarrin and Naim ibn Mas'ud. And he told them to station themselves in between Basra and Al-Ahwaz, basically to prevent the army of Al-Hurmuzan from coming into Basra. So this army is going to basically block them from reaching Basra. They're going to stand between them and Basra. So that was the strategy of this army. Now, in the meantime, while the Muslims were preparing for the fight with Al-Hurmuzan and his army, the Muslims also contacted the non-Muslim Arabs who lived around Al-Ahwaz. There were some Arabs who were living in Persia from a long time, and they were not Muslims. And these Arabs who were around Al-Ahwaz, the Muslims, they met with them, and they convinced them that if you live under Muslim rule, if we are able to take these lands, if we Muslims are able to take these lands that you are living in, if you live under Muslim rule, it will be so much better for you than living under Persian rule. So the Muslims are convincing the non-Muslim Arabs who are living around Al-Ahwaz to support them instead of supporting the Persians. And they were able to convince them these non-Muslim Arabs who were living in that land, they agreed. So a secret arrangement was made between the Muslim and these non-Muslim Arabs that on such and such day at such and such time, they set an established date and time, that on this day and time, you will launch a surprise attack, an ambush against Al-Hurmuzan's army. So they agreed to this. Now eventually, the fighting began between Al-Hurmuzan's army and the Muslim army. So now remember, Al-Hurmuzan's army are coming from Al-Ahwaz and they want to come to Basra. But they are blocked from reaching Basra because the Muslim army is stationed between Basra and Al-Ahwaz. So they have to face the Muslim army which is in front of them in order to reach Basra. So now they are being fought from the front. The Muslims are fighting the Persians in the front. And when the set day and time came that they arranged with those non-Muslim Arabs, when that time came, then those non-Muslims launched a surprise attack against the Persian army from the back. Because they were around Al-Ahwaz. The Persians had come forward from Al-Ahwaz. So now the Arabs who were behind that army, they attacked from the back. And the Muslims were already in the front. So you see here, now the Persians are surrounded from both sides. They can't go back and they also cannot go forward. So Alhamdulillah, the Muslims were able to defeat these Persians. And the Persians had to retreat. And they couldn't retreat back to Al-Ahwaz. So they retreated to Dujail, the coast of Dujail, which is on the Tigris River. And the Muslims followed them there. The Muslims followed them. They didn't let them go. Now Al-Hurmuzan realized that there's no escape. 
There's nowhere I can go. So Al-Hurmuzan surrendered and he asked for a peace treaty with the Muslims. He said, I surrender and I want peace and I will live under Muslim rule. Just give me a promise of safety and we will sign a peace treaty. So this surrender was accepted and this peace treaty was signed and the Muslims now took control of Al-Ahwaz. And Al-Hurmuzan agreed to stop fighting them and this peace treaty was signed. So now after this was over, after this peace treaty was signed, Muslims took control of Al-Ahwaz. Then they returned back to Basra. They returned back to Basra. And many of these Arabs who were living around Al-Ahwaz, these non-Muslim Arabs, they decided to go with the Muslims to Basra as well and settle in Basra. Now these non-Muslim Arabs, when they started living amongst the Muslims in Basra, they saw the Muslims, they saw the lifestyle of the Muslims, they saw the integrity, the honesty, the good manners, the devotion in worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They saw all of these good characteristics of the Muslims and a great number of these non-Muslim Arabs by seeing the way that the Muslims lived in Basra, they accepted Islam, walhamdulillah. So this shows the importance of actually living Islam in your life. That's the most powerful form of da'wah. Da'wah is not only preaching and teaching and giving lectures and talks, but one of the most powerful forms of da'wah of inviting another person to Islam is just live as a Muslim. Live according to the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People will see this and they will automatically become attracted to the beauty of Islam. So this is exactly what happened here and many of those non-Muslim Arabs who were living in that land, they accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. Alright, now Al-Hurmuzan, even though he signed this peace treaty, he had revenge on his mind and he was making a plan to betray this peace treaty. So he started forming an army again. Even though he promised that he would not do this again and he signed a peace treaty, he decided to betray that and he started forming some armed forces once again. He started making an army again. Now, Utbah ibn Ghuzwan, who was the ruler of Basra, he saw what was happening. He saw that Allah Muzan, he's gathering an army again even though he signed a peace treaty. So he realized what's happening. He knew that al Muzan was planning to break that treaty and to attack the Muslims again. So quickly Utbah, he sent a message to Amir al-Mu'mineen, to Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu that this is what's happening. Even though he, he signed the peace treaty, he's gathering an army again and he's making a plan to attack us again. So Umar radiallahu he ordered Utbah, go attack al-Hurmuzan, go attack him because he's breaking the treaty. Attack him, send your army against him. And Umar radiallahu also sent support. He sent another army of support under Hurqus ibn Zuhair al-Sa'di. So Hurqus and his army, they reached Basra. And then they reached Al-Ahwaz. And fighting once again started between the Muslims and Al-Hurmuzan. So look at this, Al-Hurmuzan, he fought the Muslims, he was defeated, he surrendered, and he agreed to a peace treaty. Then he betrayed that treaty and he fought the Muslims again. And once again, he was defeated. He was defeated for a second time. And the Muslims again, they reestablished control of Al-Ahwaz. But Al-Hurmuzan was able to escape. 
he was able to escape the city. He was able to escape Al-Ahwaz. Now, Al-Hurmuzan, after this second defeat, he sent a message to Hurqus, who was the, the leader of the support army that Umar had sent. So Al-Hurmuzan sends a message to Hurqus asking, can we make another peace treaty? He's asking again, I want to make peace treaty again. I'm not going to fight you again. So Al-Hurqus, he sent a message to Umar asking what should be done. And Umar he agreed again. He said, okay, we will make a peace treaty with him again. So they made a peace treaty with him again. So that's the second peace treaty they made with him. He betrayed the first one. Now they made a second treaty with him. Now around this time, Utba ibn Ghuzwan, عن, the, the governor of Basra, he passed away. عن, and Umar ibn al-Khattab appointed Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah to become the governor of Basra after that. Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah, another great companion of the Prophet He was actually, during the life of the Prophet Al-Mughira was the personal bodyguard of the Prophet So the Prophet when he would be meeting with people, Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah, he would be standing there with his hand on his sword ready to defend the Prophet ﷺ if anyone tried to do anything. So he was the personal security guard, personal bodyguard of the Prophet ﷺ. So now, after the death of Utbah ibn Ghuzwan, Umar appointed Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah in his place to become the new governor of Basra. And after some time, Umar removed Al-Mughira ibn Shu'bah from that position and he put Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, another great Sahabi of Rasulullah Abu Musa al-Ash'ari was appointed as the governor of Basra. Also Umar radiallahu anh, he sent 29 knowledgeable companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Basra. Including Anas ibn Malik, Imran ibn Hussein, and many other knowledgeable companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Umar radiallahu anh, sent them to Basra to teach the people. So Basra actually became a center of ilm a center of knowledge and knowledge was spread throughout the Islamic world from that place. It became a center of ilm. Now during the governorship of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari in Basra, while Abu Musa was the ruler of Basra, many important events occurred. If you remember Yazdajard, remember Yazdajard? He was the Kisra. He was the emperor of the Persian Empire. And he had to run away from Madain. His castle, his palace was in Madain. And when the Muslims were coming to take over Madain, Yazdajard, he left. He ran away from his city. He ran away from his palace. And he went from city to city trying to run away from the Muslims. So Yazdajard, he's still alive and he's still thinking, how can I reclaim this empire that I have lost? Yazdajard, he was the the ruler of the most powerful empire in the world and he lost it all. So this is the biggest thing on his mind. How can I get back my empire? So he started gathering forces thinking that he can attack the Muslims and reclaim the Persian empire. So he sent a letter to the Persians of Al-Ahwaz. The Persians who are living in Al-Ahwaz and their head is Al-Hurmuzan. Al-Hurmuzan who had signed a peace treaty with the Muslims and broke that peace treaty and then signed a second peace treaty with the Muslims. Now, they're under peace with the Muslims, being ruled by the Muslims. 
living peacefully. And yes, Dajjar sends a letter to Al-Hurmuzan saying, I want you to help me against the Muslims. So what do you think Al-Hurmuzan does? He betrays the treaty again. He betrayed the first treaty, then he was given a second chance and a second treaty. Now he betrays the second treaty and he agrees to help Yazdajard against the Muslims. So look at this. He fought against the Muslims. He was defeated and they gave him a peace treaty. He betrayed that peace treaty. He fought again and he was defeated again and he signed a second peace treaty and now he betrays again. Look at this man. Betrayal after betrayal. Now the Muslims and Al-Ahwaz, they found out what's going on. They found out, okay, yes, Dajjar, he's sending a letter to Al-Hurmuzan. It looks like Al-Hurmuzan is planning to attack the Muslims again, even after all of this, even after all of these chances that he got. So the Muslims realized what's going on, and they sent a message to Amirul Mu'mineen, to Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anh, telling him what's going on. So Umar radiallahu anh, he sent an order to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas in Kufa, in the north, to send an army to help the Muslims in the south. So that this can be a big army composed of soldiers from the north and from the south so that they can fight Al-Hurmuzan again. Now they're going to fight him for the third time. This man, he keeps betraying these treaties. So they fought Al-Hurmuzan for the third time now. For the third time and Alhamdulillah, they defeated him for a third time. They defeated him three times. And Al-Hurmuzan after this third defeat, he and whatever was remaining of his army, they fled, they ran away, and they left Al-Ahwaz, and they ran to a city called Tustur. Tustur. So the Muslims followed them. They're not going to let Al-Hurmuzan get away again. They gave him two chances. He betrayed them two times. So now they're going to make sure that they capture him. So he ran away to Tustur, and the Muslims followed him and his army to Tustur. And they surrounded the city of Tustur. And this siege of Tustur, this surrounding of Tustur, it lasted for a number of days. But they were not able to get into the city. The Muslims were not able to get inside the city. So after some time, a Persian man came out from the city. A regular man, he's not part of the army. So a Persian man comes out and he asks the Muslims, I want a promise of safety for myself and my family. So they give him a promise of safety. This, just for this man and his family. And then the man says, okay, I will show you a secret pathway. There are some tunnels underground that lead to the inside of the city. You can go into those tunnels and you can come into the city. I will show you those pathways. So this Persian man showed them the pathways. The Muslims entered through that pathway and they came out right into the city. They were able to get into the city and they fought against the Persian army and they were able to take over Tustur. They were able to take over the city of Tustur. Now in this battle, the battle of Tustur, two great warriors of the Sahaba, عنهم, two great warriors from the companions of the Prophet وسلم, they were martyred in this battle. Al-Bara ibn Malik عنه, and also Majza'ah ibn Thawr two great warriors from the Sahaba of Rasulullah they were martyred in the battle of Tustur. So the Muslims, they were victorious in that battle. They took over the city, but Al-Hurmuzan barricaded himself in the castle of Tustur. There was a castle, a strongly fortified castle, and Al-Hurmuzan went into that castle and he locked himself, he barricaded himself inside. 
So they still haven't gotten Al-Hurmuzan yet. They have taken over the city, but they still have not gotten the main guy that they needed to get, Al-Hurmuzan. So they address him from inside the castle and they say, you need to surrender. And he refuses to surrender. He said, I'm not going to surrender. So they tell him, if you surrender, we promise, we will, we will not do anything to you. We will not hurt you, we will not kill you, we will not do anything to you. We will just take you to, the, to Medina. We will take you to Amir al-Mu'mineen, Umar bin al-Khattab in Medina, and he will decide what to do with you. But we personally, we will not do anything to you, we will not harm you. So he realized he had no other choice. So he surrendered and he came down. And he was sent to Medina to meet Umar ibn al-Khattab to decide what to do with him. Now Al-Hurmuzan, this man was a person of very high social status with the Persians, right? So when he came to Medina, he was dressed in the finest fabrics, his clothes. He was wearing silk, clo silk clothing with embroidered robes. He even had a crown that was encrusted with jewels and pearls. Right? This is the way that these Persians were. So when he reached Medina, he was taken to Medina as a captive, but he still had all of his fancy clothes and stuff on. He reached Medina. When he reached Medina, he asked, where is the palace of Umar? Where is the palace of Umar, your ruler? And they told him there's no palace. He doesn't have any palace. So he was shocked. He was expecting a huge palace. He was expecting... Uh, something that would be comparable to what they had in Persia, what the rulers of Persia would have. But there was no palace, nothing. So he said, okay, where does Umar live then? They said, yeah, this is his home right here. And it was just a small home made out of mud. So he was shocked. He was expecting huge palaces and adornments and rugs and gold and silver and pillows and cushions. This is the man, Umar ibn Khattab, who by the permission of Allah, he brought down the Kisra. This is the man, by the permission of Allah, who destroyed the Persian Empire. So of course, Al-Hurmuzan is expecting that this man is, is going to live more lavishly than the Kisra used to live. This is what Al-Hurmuzan was expecting, but he saw nothing of that, so he was shocked. This is the simple home, a home of mud that this powerful man lives in. He was just shocked. So they went to the home of Umar ibn al-Khattab to present Al-Hurmuzan to him. They knocked on the door and the son of Umar answered the door. And he was asked, where is your father? Where is Umar? And then the son said, he's not here. Maybe you can find him either in the masjid or maybe you can find him somewhere in the city of Medina. So they went to the masjid and he was not there. They didn't find him in the masjid. So then they went into the city and they found Umar ibn al-Khattab resting under the shade of a tree wearing his old rugged clothes, resting peacefully under the shade of a tree. So then it was told to Al-Hurmuzan, yeah, this is Umar, he's here. And he was shocked, this is, this is Umar? Where are his bodyguards? And they said he doesn't have any bodyguards. And then Al-Hurmuzan, he's just, he's just shocked. He's shocked beyond words. He says, this this is the man who has conquered the world. This is the man who the kings of the world and the emperors of the world, they fear this man. This man, when they hear his name, it makes them shake out of fear. This is the man, this guy who's lying down with no bodyguards under the shade of this tree. This is Umar. 
He said, yes, this is Amirul Mu'mineen. This is Umar. So he just looked at Umar and he was just shocked that this right now is the most powerful man in the world. This is the man who brought down by the permission of Allah the most powerful empire of his time, the Persian Empire. And he's sitting here in an old rumpled up garment lying down and taking a nap under a tree with no bodyguards. So Al-Hurmuzan just looks at this and he's just amazed. And he says finally, Hakamta ya Umar, fa'adilta, fa'aminta, faninta. He said, You have ruled, ya Umar, and you have been fair and just. So, you are safe and you sleep. Because of your justice and your fairness, you have no fear and you sleep peacefully. Hakamta ya Umar, fa'adilta, fa'aminta, faninta. Umar radiallahu anhu, then he woke up and he met Al-Hurmuzan. He took a look at him wearing all of these fancy clothing with this crown on his head that's encrusted with jewels and pearls. And he looks at Hurmuzan and he says, Alhamdulillahilladhi adhalla bil-islami hadha. All praise is due to Allah, the one who humiliated this man through Islam. And then... Umar ordered that all of these fancy clothes and this crown should be removed from Al-Hurmuzan and it should be replaced. He should be dressed up with a simple rough garment. Let him just wear a normal piece of clothing. Take all of this away. So they took all of his clothing away and they took his crown away and they dressed him in a regular simple garment. And then Umar had a conversation with Al-Hurmuzan. He said to him, Ya Hurmuzan, how do you see the result of your betrayal? This is the result of betrayal. And then Umar asked him, Why did you do this? Why did you betray us? Why did you go back on your treaties and your promises so many times? Why did you betray us? And then Hurmuzan said to Umar, He said, I'm afraid you will kill me if I tell you. I'm afraid you'll kill me if I tell you. And then Umar radiallahu anhu said to him, he said to him, لا بأس عليك حتى تخبرني. He said, no, don't worry about it. I will not do anything to you until after you tell me. You're safe until you tell me. So then Al-Hurmuzan asked for some water. He said, can you give me some water? I'm thirsty. So Umar radiallahu anhu ordered for some water to be brought to Al-Hurmuzan. Al-Hurmuzan takes the cup of water in his hand. And the cup that is given to him is a simple cup. A simple cup made out of simple metal. And then Hurmuzan looks at this water in this cup. He's never had such a simple cup like this before. He said, I would die of thirst before I drink water from such a cup like this. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, okay, take the cup away, take the cup away and bring him a nicer cup. So they brought him a nicer glass cup. So he took that glass cup in his hand and then his hand started shaking like this. And then Umar radiallahu anhu asked him, Malik, what's your problem? Why are you shaking like this? He said, I'm afraid that while I'm drinking the water, you're going to kill me. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to him, لا بأس عليك حتى تشربه. That you are safe 
We're not going to do anything to you until you drink it. That there will be no harm to you, you will not be hurt, nothing's going to happen to you until you drink the water. So then what did Hurmuzan do? He takes the glass of water, he throws it onto the ground, breaks the glass. And then Umar radiallahu anhu asks him, what's your problem? Ma baluk? And then he tell, Umar radiallahu anhu tells his people, bring him another glass of water. Bring him another glass of water because we will not combine thirst and death for this man. We will not let him die while he is thirsty. We will kill him after he drinks. And when he said that, when Umar said, we will not combine thirst and death for him, Hurmuzan said, how can you kill me? You have given me a promise of safety. You have promised safety for me that you can't kill me. And then Umar said, Kazab, you're lying. I never promised you safety. He said, no, I'm not lying. You have promised me safety. And Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he was there as well. And he said, Ya, ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, he's telling the truth. Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Hurmuzan is telling the truth. You promised him safety. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, he got angry with Anas. He's saying, what are you saying, Anas? How could I give safety to the killer of Al-Bara ibn Malik and Majda ibn Thawr? You think I would give him safety? You better come up with a good explanation, Ya Anas. That you're saying I promised him safety, you're saying he's telling the truth. You better come up with a really good explanation, Ya Anas, or I will punish you. And then Anas radiallahu anhu, he said, Ya Amir al-Mineen, when his hand was shaking before he drank the water, you said to him, I will not kill you. He said, you will not be harmed. You said to him, you will not be harmed until you drink the water. And then he threw the water to the ground. So he's not going to drink that water. And you said, you will not hurt him. You will not kill him until he drinks that water. And he didn't drink the water. And he's never going to drink that water. So how can you kill him? You promised him safety. So then, the other Muslims who were around, they agreed with Anas. They said, yes, this makes sense. This makes sense. You did say, la ba'sa alayk. You said that there's no harm to you until you drink it. And he didn't drink it. So then Umar radiallahu anhu realized what he said. But of course, he didn't mean that. And of course, Al-Hurmuzan knew that he didn't mean that either. Al-Hurmuzan tricked him. He tricked him. And he knew that's not what Umar meant. And everyone knew that is not what Umar meant. He never meant to promise him safety. Hurmuzan is just trying to play with the words here. So Umar said to Hurmuzan, you tricked me. You know that's not what I meant. And the only way you will be safe. If you want safety, I will give you safety. But the only way that you will be safe is that you have to accept Islam. If you become a Muslim, I will not hurt you. I will not kill you. So Al-Hurmuzan said, okay. He said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. He accepted Islam and Umar radiallahu an allowed him to stay in Al-Madinah. Umar allowed him to stay in Al-Madinah. But that is not the end of the story of Al-Hurmuzan. And you will hear his name later on in the seerah of Umar ibn Khattab inshallah. That's not the end of his story. So inshallah, we'll stop there for today and next week we will continue with the seerah, with the biography of Umar radiallahu an. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.